It's another day here at the Comeback Team Studios. This is the host that I hope you by now you're starting to love me. This is Beck Lover, and I have an amazing guest with me, someone I, I'm so happy to have met. You guys been in freaking so many TV shows, so many movies, I can't even name them all, but his most recent work, phenomenal work, The Irishman. He's been on shows that I've loved and watched over and over again, Entourage, The Wire, Ray Donovan, the list goes on and on. I have the very talented Dominic Lombardozzi. Thanks, Beck. It's good to be here, man. I get extra credit for pronouncing it correctly because yeah, yeah. I, I look and at the interviews. Great job. I look at the interviews. Everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Uh, like veterans, like they, vet- veterans have messed it up, so they avoid it, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's said the way it's spelled, bro. It's like if you went to like second grade, you should be able to say the name. I, I would think so. My name, I don't blame anyone for butchering it. That's why they call me Lover. Beck Lover, we got rid of the uh, Albanian last name. It's a little crazy. Where does Lover come from? The true story? Yeah. You know in the early 90s hip-hop, right? I mean, you're from the Bronx, right? That's where it started. That was the mecca. Don't tell me at Lover. No. And that's what I hope people don't think it's from. So what happened was I started wearing baggy jeans. My dad wanted to beat the shit out of me. I wanted to be a part of the hip-hop culture, man. I grew up around it. So I put on the baggy jeans. My uncle, God rest his soul, he sees me. He goes, yo, yo, Beck, lover. He was like making fun of me for yeah. wearing baggy pants or whatever. He thought like, you know, they were literally falling off. And he started calling me that every time he saw me. And that was it. And the baggy jeans didn't last too long for a while because really, I got tired of keeping like the belt. I was like, this is crazy. So I went to like the loose Levi's. Relax fit. Relax fit Levi, yeah. so they weren't too tight, so they yeah. wouldn't make because yo kids are brutal, man. Yeah, so they wouldn't chop me up. Now everything is tight. It went to complete other tight. Yeah, it's like so tight. It's like it's like can't we just be in the middle? Yeah, I'm still in the middle, man. I, I've never wavered. Uh, I never went baggy. I never. Yeah, it just I, I I do what feels comfortable. Then in high school, I went full suit in public school, man. I literally wore three piece suit. Every day. Everyone was like, why do you dress like that? I said, because, y'all, I'm Beck Lover. Like, I started believing my own myth. <laughs> I was actually voted best dressed in high school, man. Really? I swear. Then my teacher go, why do you dress like this every day? I said, because I might meet the president by accident. I don't want to look like you. <laughs> she looked like she wanted to kill. <laughs> That's funny, man. In any event, man, I'm so happy you're here, man. It's good to be here, man. My first you me? real memory of you. Before you know meeting you, obviously is the wire. Mm. What a show! And I think a show that kind of comes into play with the environment we're in, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, very social. Differences conscious. with social. Yeah. I mean, it's it it really brought a reality to people of of what goes on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're away from these areas, these economically depressed areas, you don't realize how bad it is for the people and the residents there. And I feel that that show did a phenomenal job. Well, yeah, it. Uh it represented every small American city. You know, Baltimore was the star of that particular show. But what it represented was everything that's right and wrong in in all of the cities, especially the, the you know, the inner cities, the corruption, the deceit, the drugs, you know? Phenomenal show. And, I mean, it really made you say, like, man, this is crazy. It's, like, literally like a war. Places like Chicago, and it's been a little crazy recently. But hopefully, we all come together and we do the right thing. But you know, we gotta. We, hope. 
we got to care about each other, regardless yeah. of where we live or where. I've always said to people, sometimes the, the biggest problem we might may, maybe have as a country is we're so damn big. Well, do you think what's happening now is we're taking steps backwards? Do you think we were headed that way? I don't now know, we're we're kind of. I, th- I I can't believe how divided we are right now. Yeah, it's very it's divided. very it's very depressing. Yeah, you know there was moments of hope where I saw like you know. I was very happy the first time President Obama won mm. because I said, okay, this this has got to be like we're, we're moving in the right direction, yeah. you know? And I guess not. I feel like I guess we didn't, you know? I, I, well, he came at the right time. I mean, you know, needed a change, you know? that every, a, a, a good portion of, of, like, the country wanted that change. It couldn't, you know, couldn't write a better script. You know why I voted for him? Speaking of names. I said if this guy named Barack Hussein Obama can win the president, that means my kid with his crazy weird name. Mm-hmm. Literally, this is the reason why I did it. I said my crazy kid with his weird name that everyone made fun of me in school for. Mm-hmm. If that weird name guy, I didn't even look at like any of the debates on this. If this weird guy could do it with that name. Well, that was his appeal. You know, he appealed said, uh, to so many different people. Plus racial, you know, I racial, said that, that means everybody has a chance. And, yeah, everything. That's what it meant to me. But I got to say, I feel like we've taken some serious steps back and, you know, looking at what's going on in New York right now, it, New York's empty, man, between the virus and all the other stuff. And again, we're not getting into the debates of what we understand why people are upset and we're not going that route. But it's just depressing to see us so divided. And I, I think part of the reason we're such a big country, man, that for me, I live in New York, New Jersey, maybe I live in California. They, I didn't realize what people in Baltimore were going through. That's why the work and the shows that you've done, like The Wire, are extremely important. I think they wake people's eyes up to say, I can't believe this happens in America. Yeah, well, they, David, Dave, David Simon, uh, for everyone, he created the show, he wrote the show, along with... Uh Ed Burns, um, you know, David was uh, this, uh, he was an investigative reporter for The Sun, uh, for the, uh, the, uh, the, the newspaper in Baltimore. So he, he, you know, he was in the trenches, man. And, um, but I think he was way ahead of his time because a lot of that stuff we're seeing now. You know, obviously we saw it in the school systems with season four. Uh, the the corruption, right? Um, the uh, the death of the newspaper. Everybody's on their computer. You're on their computer. He's on his computer. Everybody everybody gets their their news from the phone now. All, all, all that all that came to uh, to life. I think in a way we're seeing kind of what happens because we didn't take care of these issues, the issues that you saw on the wire, right? Like, when, like we didn't resolve these neighborhoods. We didn't help these neighborhoods the way we should have. And that's everyone's guilty. It doesn't matter what party, what class, where you're from. The fact Does anybody that... anybody have the answer, though? The answer it's is... It's easy to say... No, no, of course. It's easy. That, 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 that's, that's what I see a lot of when I turn the TV on. Uh, this is no good. That's no good. This is no good. This is not the way this should be. This is not the way that should be. But very rarely do you hear anybody offer uh, a suggestion, a solution. A viable one, too. A viable one. A real plan. I don't, you, very, you, 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 you don't. You just see a lot of people complaining. 
And it just keeps going on. It just keeps going on. It snowballs, and then you have what we're going through right now. On on the heels of a pandemic. It's like back-to-back chaos. It's like, what, 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 what do you focus on first? Do you focus on the nation getting healthy where people are not dying in hospitals? And then we address this? Because I, 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 I don't think... Uh, Addressing both situations at the same time is working out too well. It, it might be actually be helping spread the virus, as they say. It clearly has. Now, Dominic, do they call you Dom for short? Yeah. What do you prefer? I prefer Dominic. Okay. I like that. Call me my full name. I'm the opposite. Because yeah. everyone butchers my name. Um let's take a let's take a let's take a trip back. Now you're you're a Bronx boy, right? You grew up in one of the most famous neighborhoods. Yeah. Arthur Avenue. Belmont section. Belmont. Arthur Avenue. Little Italy slash Little Albania. But at your time, yeah, it was definitely, was, yeah. definitely was Little Italy. Yeah. But uh, still a Bit great. of a melting pot, actually. When no, I was of course. Up. Yeah. What was it like growing up in that area in the Bronx? I mean. It was great. I mean, um, always outside. Um, tons of friends. Always creative. Always created our own fun. Um you know, later on in life, you realize you didn't have anything. Where'd you go to elementary? And you were happy. Do you know where you went to? You went to school. Yeah, I went to school. Where'd I went you go? to uh, PS two hundred five, and I went to Mont Carmel. Okay. And then from there, uh, you know, high school. Uh, Where'd you end up? I uh, went to San Raymond's. Uh, you didn't Columbus, end up Columbus. You went to Columbus uh, a little Salesian. bit too. Columbus High School was pretty crazy, but I found out we both have one friend that. Was just as crazy, if not more crazy than than that entire high school. His yeah. name's Mezzo. Yeah, yeah. Crazy Mezzo. Yeah. You good friends with the guy? Of course. I, I yeah, I hung out with him all the time. You know, he's one of the the very few people I talk to. He's still holding down the Bronx right now, man. He's he's a he's a great kid, man. Fearless. Yeah. Guy will fight twenty people if you. Big have to. heart. Big heart. And you guys, well, you, you want somebody in the foxhole? You want him in your foxhole? You know. We won't get into specifics, but yeah. you guys had a couple of rumbles. You guys were together. No, no, I just we were just always cool, man. We were just cool. Reconnected recently. Yeah, that's it. I had a little bit to do with that. Yeah. Shout out to Crazy Mezzo, you crazy bastards. Miss you, buddy. Stay united. That's where, a few, is that where you met a few of you? Is that where you met a few of your Albanian friends? I grew up. <laughs> I, you know, I grew up with Albanians. When I was growing up on Arthur Avenue, uh, like I told you, man, it was like a, uh, a like a like a little melting pot there. Everything, Esposito's, uh, Cafe Esposito. Still there. Still there. <laughs> always, um, always Albanian, Yugoslavian, ba- uh, Puerto Rican. Bosnians. Yeah. Uh, still some great restaurants in the area. Still. Great food, good shopping. That's the one thing I always remember. I always remember um, people coming from everywhere, Connecticut, New Jersey. They still do. Just to uh, buy the fish, the meat, the bread, cheese. the cheese, facts, everything, pasta, yeah, homemade, yeah, Bacardi's, yeah. But it's crazy. I mean, even like when you look at like uh, the Little Italy and, and the Mahana, it's not what it used to be. It's kind of shrunk a little bit. Everything changes. It does. Everything changes. So, the Bronx obviously had enclaves that were somewhere safer than the other. Yeah, I mean. What was it like growing up, man? I mean, what was it like going to school? Did you get into fights? Were you? I mean, listen, Columbus High School. Me person, me. From what I've what I've heard, yeah, I heard that shit was a war zone. Yeah, 
I heard there was rumbles in front of school. I mean, yeah. stabbings. I mean, you name it, it happened. These are some of the schools you went to. I mean, what was it like when you were there? Uh, yeah. When, when I when I started going to uh, Columbus, that's when they 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 um they started putting the metal detectors in schools. That's when kind of yeah around that time. Because uh, I remember it being something completely new, and um, but yeah, you know. Um, Things happened after school. Things happened on the bus, on the way to school, on the way home from school. A lot of different clicks, a lot of different crews. And when we say clicks, I mean, I feel like it was broken down by ethnic lines in the Bronx. It was, it was somewhat, ethnic, but more um, what somewhat. neighborhood you belong to. Somewhat, because I know the Albanians rolled with everybody, man. The yeah. ones that I knew, yeah. they had. You know, and they had, they hang out well. Eighty, what was it? Eighty nine Park. Eighty nine Park. Bagel Den. Yeah. Shout out if you still are. They still I haven't been there in years. But Asta Avenue. I used to. I hate to even say this. My dad's gonna kill me. But actually, I'll say it. I used to take my parents' car. I didn't even have a permit. I drive. There's no. There was no Albanians in Jersey, man. I just wanted to be down, man. Beck Lover had to get street credibility, man. They didn't go over the bridge yet. My mother's Mazda Millennia, man. I drove into the BX with no license, man. That's some pretty, yo, that's yeah. some, you got to have balls to do that yeah. from, from Jersey. And I go in there. Wait, did you grow up in Jersey? I grew up right now. I'm a river rat. Okay. Not a rat like, you know, yeah. river rat. That's because they have these big rats. That are, that's what they call us because these areas are economically depressed also. Edgewater was a, was a small industrial town with all abandoned factories. Right. It was disgusting here. Mm-hmm. Now it's Beverly Hills. But when I grew up, it was... Disgusting. So they called us the rats, the river rats. They are ah, those people down there because everyone was up more in Bergen County. Beautiful, you know, it's one of the richest counties. We were the low lives. We were the rats. That's what they called. That's us. what Arthur Avenue was. Uh, it was. Well, I mean, you know, the when Bronx, you compare it to the rest of the Bronx the, the, now, the, yeah, you know, it's the best um, part. <laughs> well, you know, you if you compare uh, like Arthur Avenue to Morris Park or Throsneck. It's night and day. No, of course. Completely different. But it's still better than a lot of other parts. Of, of course. Place. I mean, I feel safe there when I'm down the block. Yeah, and I felt safe. I felt safe in Arthur Avenue. I felt safe growing up there. But any rumbles, man? Did you have to, did you have to throw up Dukes I, or what? I, I mean, yeah. Did it ever happen? I, I had my share, yeah. you know? I had a lot of one-on-one fights, yeah. It happens. But there's yeah, no more, there's it, no more one-on-one. If you look at these videos on, yeah. online... And the self, I mean, man, you just see like 300 people beat up one person. Like, yeah, it's just uh, you, had, you had to do what you had to do. You there know? is no more one on one, Dom. You look at, you see social media, even in Walmart, you're done. You're getting <laughs> jumped by like 30 people. So you better be ready. Like, you better be taking some Krav Maga type shit. Liam Neeson. Yeah. Speaking of which, man, you've ever done any of that stuff? Martial arts or boxing? No, anything? just boxing, you know, just uh, train, you know, boxing, like a boxing workout kind of thing. I still do it. I always love boxing. So, Dom, you, you do your school thing. You, you do your, you, you. How do you get into this acting game, man? Around, f- yeah, 14, 14 years old, 15 years old, they had um, an open call, which means um, anyone could show. People from all, all, all the boroughs were coming in and, and auditioning. And uh, at, the, at that time, there was an Italian American playhouse. Uh, Marco Greco uh, ran it. And he was helping them cast this thing. He was help. I forgot what else he was doing with the movie, but uh, he was part of it. 
And um, which he, one? Do you remember? Which he, which what were they casting for? They were casting for all all the kids' roles. Just throughout different projects. Yeah, just all those all those kids' roles. Not like the, not not they. I don't I don't think they were looking for uh, C, you know, um, in some of the uh, the older parts. But they were as as far as the like C's friends. Uh, for Bronxdale. For Bronxdale, that's what they were casting for, and um, it was an open call. You basically went. Uh, you sign your name. You put your information. They took a Polaroid, and then they would keep calling you back. And every time you called back, there was like something else. To the point where you get to audition, because now you know what you're reading, who you're reading. And uh, if you make that final cut, then you, you go down to Tribeca and you audition for uh, Chaz. Well, anyway, for me, it was auditioning for Chaz and, and De Niro. And I auditioned and I got the part. But it just it kept dwindling. Like every time there would be, you know, okay, let's read this. And, okay, you know, so you'd be there with 10 people, then seven people, then five people. Until it's like you and three other people. So that you would consider kind of like your first break? Serious break? Yeah. I mean, I had no uh, ambitions to to be an actor, you know? Not for Martha Red. Not, this, not at that time. Was this something that you wanted to do? Your parents like, why don't you go try it? I mean... Yeah, my mom pushed me to, to go and read and... No, because it was it was it was big news in the neighborhood. You went to the deli. The guy at the deli was talking about it. You went to the bread. You went to get bread. People, you know, back then you used to shop. You used to go to five different stores, right? You didn't go just to this the place A&P. for your bread. That you place for your pasta. Place for your bread. This place for your pork. This place for your meat. Where you go to Mike's? Mike's Deli. Yeah, I, was, I went to Mike's. It depends. They make you wanted. Uh, they made a great sandwich. Uh, you know, depends what you wanted. I think the old man just passed away not even too long. Yeah, ago. two years ago, a year ago. I didn't think so. Yeah, they make a good sandwich, man. They're great. And that mozzarella is no joke. Yeah, it's a great market too. I can't call it mozzarella, bro. I, I gotta say mozzarella. I say mozzarella. I say mozzarella. Bro. Mozzarella. Mozzarella, bro. Yeah. Hey, you ever indulged in the Albanian food, man? On our avenue? Uh You ever had barek at Tony and Tina's? Well, I worked in Amici's. So when I worked in Amici's, um, a lot of the uh, the waiters, the major d, the chef, he was Albanian. So we would clean up before we would open the doors. We would all eat, and uh, sometimes we we had the uh, what you call it, burek. Burek's good, yeah. The spinach pie. Then what's the, the chicken? Pie. The chicken in the can. What's that chicken? Oh, forget pasteta. So, something. It's like, like that. it's like yeah. chicken tuna fish, kind of. And you with the bread. With the bread. It's not bad, bro. It's not bad at all. I got a lot of Especially those. Especially right when now. you have you know, I don't fresh really, bread. Oh no, the bread's got to be crisp. It's a nice. It's like a chicken spread. I, I love it. Chicken pate. I loved it. It's like a chicken yeah. pate, but it's in a can. Let me tell you, something. I got like thousands of those cans right now. Shit pops off. Armageddon starts. My wife knows how to bake bread. I'm gonna eat that like that. You should. Oh, if Armageddon breaks out, we're we gonna eat good for about three weeks, so we run out of food. By then, hopefully, we have a plan. <laughs> hopefully, we all have a plan. <laughs> You know? So Amici's, huh? Yeah. Uh, one of my cousins is ma- was married to the guy that did the valet there for like years. I forgot his name. He was there for years when I tell you. He was one of the valet parkers. You know those valet parkers there? Yeah. On, uh, 
Especially on Saturdays and Fridays. A little bit of a gap in his front teeth. I, I forgot his Gosh, name. I don't you don't have like 3,000 cousins. You do too, probably. So you know what I mean? You've been to an Albanian wedding before. I have. Do you, am I lying? I can't remember everyone's name, bro. Oh, that's why the word cuz comes about. Yeah. It's very important in, in, in our world. Yo, we know we're blood. We know we're family. We know we can't marry each other. So we say cuz, yo, cuz, because we can't even remember each other's names. But we know we're blood. We see each other every funeral, every wedding. Yo, cuz, yo, cuz, yo, cuz. That word's probably said. I, I wish I had a penny for every time that word is said within the Bronx, within the Albanian community. I'd be a millionaire. Now, so you get into that acting world. You're doing your thing. I mean, bro, you've been in amazing productions, bro. Seriously. I've been fortunate. I, I think, you know, there's fortune at one point, and there's, there's also a little bit of talent, my man. And I know you're humble about it. Now you, you revealed to me that you don't really like to look at your work. No. And I heard, heard Johnny Depp say that once uh, on, uh, I think it was with David Letterman. He doesn't really even, I don't, never look at it. I know a lot of actors do want to see. Some do, some don't. Why do you think yeah. you don't want to look at your own work? And I think, by the way, it's phenomenal. Thank you. I hope one day I, you I, do. No, no, I really appreciate that. Do you and, think it's um, kind of like a, a way for you to keep the art authentic? It's like these, you know, like, you know, like when a painter makes a paint, painting. Some of them have different styles and different, it's like. It's just an uncomfortable feeling for me. It's just. Uh, You're looking at yourself. Yeah. I kind of like looking at myself. Yeah, I get my enjoyment <laughs> from it just from, from um, you know, reading it, watching somebody, other people work when I'm working with them. You know, it, it, when, when it's a project that I'm involved in, I already got what I needed to get out of it. Whatever uh, friendships I made or whatever, um, you know, watching somebody at work and watching how they, what their process is, that's what I, that, that's what I get out of it. I like, I'm a big movie buff. I watch, I, I mean, I grew up watching tons and tons of movies. Um, but What's one of your favorite? I know there's a million of them, but if you got to, you only get this movie and that's it. Last movie you're ever going to be able to, and that's a crazy question to ask somebody. And we're talking about it's there's so many different genres. Because there's so many different genres, you know. Um, let's say, uh, let's say mob movie. What's your favorite mob movie? If you have to pick, I would have to say. And I've asked wise guys this too, right? Ex wise guys have been on my show. They all give me the I same don't consider, two three answers. I don't consider The Godfather a mob movie. Okay. And I've heard this I from a lot want, of people. I want, to, I want to be very clear about that. Um. But uh, a, a mob movie, I mean, you have to go with the um, Goodfellas, Mean Streets. I love Mean Streets. Um, well, Once Upon a Time in America, man. No, everyone sleeps on that one, bro. Noodles? Yeah. That was a great movie. Great movie. A Bronx Tale. But what do you think happened to James Woods at the end of the movie? You know something? I don't even remember, bro. You don't remember it? I'm losing my like. It's Did he weird. get killed? You see the you see the garbage truck come, and then he disappears. De Niro's looking at him, and then he disappears. Ah, right? okay. Now does he escape? Does he get killed? They did like a Tony Soprano ending thing. Like. Kind of. I, I I don't know. Maybe I have to revisit it. Maybe it gets explained again. I definitely want to see it because I just saw a couple clips, and my memory was like, man, I gotta. I love the whistling in that movie. I gotta see this movie again. It's been a yeah. long time. It's a great movie. It's a great. I great saw it movie. on VHS. My dad had it. I shouldn't have been seeing it as a kid, to be honest. Which maybe that's why I'm a little. 
but it's a rough movie. It's yeah. a very violent movie, bro. Showing people. I mean, for its time, if you think about it now, going back, we're talking about the eighties. What do you think about the Deer Hunter? It's a great movie too. Yeah, with uh, when they're they're doing the Russian roulette. Russian roulette. Yeah. With the guy, right? And they fucking going. Mao. Mao. Exactly. Mao. That shit was crazy. Yeah. But that was with. Uh, come on, man. This is your world. That was with uh, De Niro and uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal actor. Jimmy yeah. Yeah. Great. Great movie. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Ah. You like that, huh? I told Al the Powell who we had coming, man. You know how happy he was, man? I'm glad. I'm glad he was able to so, do man, it. I know we were supposed some, to do some, this yesterday. Some, oh, okay. Yeah. We've interviewed some, you know, some pretty cool people, bro. But we were both I very, know, I know. very I, proud I, I, and I very follow, I follow the podcast, so very honored to have you, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. You were a gentleman, you asked me, you called me and um and here I am. And then we found out we have some mutual, my family, friends with you. Yeah. Made it even more special for yeah. me. Made it easy. You, let's talk about your recent work and then we'll kind of backtrack too. Man, you and one of, I think, a phenomenal, which will definitely be a classic, in my opinion, uh, The Irishman. Mm. Okay. But I'm looking for you. I know you you're read in the, the book. No, I have not. You should read the book. Is the book, did the person that wrote the movie, did they, were they also the person that wrote the book? No, uh, no, um, two different people, but uh, a lot of what's in the book is in this movie. It's kind of, I, I think that's why also the movie is so long because it's really, I don't, I don't think there was anything Marty, I think Steve Zalian wrote the script and there really wasn't much to take out of, uh, The, the 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 book you you kind of needed it all to 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 put all the pieces together so uh but the book is a great read i enjoyed the book so you know if someone sees this before they see the movie they're gonna see your face obviously they're gonna go watch the movie they're gonna be well some people didn't know it was me they're gonna be what the fuck is dominic right now you played a legendary mafioso yeah okay you played the who was in there? who 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 surprisingly was a big part of that documentary we were talking about before, That the one that's on Netflix now. Uh, Fat Tony Salerno. Yeah, he was a big part of it uh, towards the end. And, um, I mean, brother, they made you look like an old man. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I was the only one really in the movie aged up. I mean, some of the other characters were aged up. How many pounds of makeup do you wear? That, there, no, nobody that much. How many pounds of makeup? It's like you know? 23 pieces. Wow. How long did it take to put all that stuff on? Anywhere from four, four and a half to six hours. Just to put it on? Yeah, because it's different ages. There's like three different ages there. Wow. So, you know, the older, the, you know, um, the older he was, the more pieces there were with the neck and like all the stuff down here, more of the eyes, the coloring. Did you get it? The spots on. No, it was just very hot. Starts sweating. Get some water buildup. It was just very uncomfortable. Then they had the fat suit on. I got to a certain. <laughs> that um, sucks, bro. Yeah. I got to a certain weight. And then once you do the mold, once they do a casting of, of, your, of your face and everything. You have to do that also. Right. That's a pain in the ass. Then too. you can't really move away from that. Because now all those pieces that they make are, are molded for... 
for those measurements. So if you were 230 pounds when you did the most, you got to stay 230. You were 200, stay 200. You know, you can't. So really you were monitoring your weight, huh? Yeah, so I got up to about 235. Now you look like you're in pretty good shape. You work out often? Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not a, a job. Yeah, I'm not. I've seen some pictures of you golfing. You golf? Yeah. I, I golfed yesterday, actually. Yeah. I mean, are you good? Or you just like it for I fun? I shot like an 85 yesterday. Anyway, like 82, 83, 84, 85. I, hey, some days I could shoot a 92. It was 92 degrees yesterday. Yeah, it was hot. How was it? You were at a, at a, at a golf event, a charity yeah. event, right? Yeah, yeah. How'd that go? Pretty well. What were they raising money for? Uh, there wasn't, uh, yesterday thing wasn't a charity event. Oh, it was just a, like a yeah, gathering? Yeah, I committed to, uh, playing with this person, so, you Did know. Did you beat him? Do, yeah. Dominic Lombardozzi, winner. With the 85 stroke. But the thing, here's the thing with golf. Why I liked it, why I picked it up, because I always grew up playing baseball, um, football, you know, all, all, Did all, you play basketball? Sports. I did, but it really wasn't my game. Baseball was really more my game. Um, and then later on, in life, I wind, actually, when I was shooting the wire, I took up golf. Uh, during um, the second season of the wire, I really didn't have much to do uh, because of that particular storyline. They were on the pier, so I had a lot of downtime, but you, I still had to live in Baltimore in case, you know, a lot of the second unit stuff. So I picked up golf because I had a few buddies here that were playing. And I'm like, you know, well, I need to I need to learn how to play. So I picked up the game. What I love about that game, whether I'm playing with you or three other people, deep down inside what you're really trying to do is beat the golf course. You're, you're always striving to get a par. You're always striving to shoot even. You know, so you can shoot, you know, 79, 82, 98. You're far away from 72. That's that's the goal. I, I like that competitiveness. Yeah, I suck. I don't uh, like playing sports. Just for me, it's got to be competitive. You want a challenge? Always. So, obviously, the Irishman did well. A lot of great reviews. Yeah, they really you worked well. with people that... People dream of meeting, yeah. Let alone work with some friends. Just taking yeah. a picture. Was, uh, now, when you say uh, you make all these friends, like you know, who, who, who name well, some I of had you? friends. I mean, um, I I had 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 I worked with uh, Stephen Graham already. He I, we played brothers on Boardwalk Empire. I knew I knew Ray Romano. Another another amazing amazing showman. Yeah. And I was very sad when it ended, and I'll tell you why. Not because of the way it ended. Yeah, I was sad because I started watching that show with. A loved one of mine who passed away. So when the show ended for me, it was very sad because it was like that was like one of the last things we had. There was like two or three shows that we started together. Mm -hmm. So when each when each show finally got to like its finale and it was over, like the last one that we started together and just finished was Homeland. But Boardwalk Empire was the first one. So that show was very special for me. But I thought they did an amazing job on that show. Mm -hmm. Steve Buscemi, if he ever watches this, I Great. love the guy. Yeah, he did a. Uh, I just I worked with Steve last summer. Actually, during this time last summer, we were working together. Still talk to him? You yeah. Give him a two. Yeah. You cool with him like that? Um, I mean, I know him. Yeah. They were doing uh, after nine eleven. I went to Pace in the city. Right. They were doing a charity 
Pacino was there, Chaz was there, Steve right. was there. And I really, man, I didn't, oh, listen, I was 18, 19, 20. I had a different mission in life at that point, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I love you, honey. I had a different mission in life. I didn't care about nothing, man. I just want to go out, have fun, and you get my drift, right? Right. I used to smoke cigarettes, unfortunately. And uh, I'm outside. I'm smoking outside the, the theater where they filmed inside the actor's theater. So I wish I would have known this. If I knew Pace was good for acting, maybe I would have majored in something like that, you yeah. know? Communications, at least. I majored in finance, but I suck at math, bro. I mean, I can't even... The I barely get, is a four, no? I barely got by. I'm smoking a cigarette outside, Steve Buscemi. Of course, I recognize him from Independence Day. But I was dying to meet Al Pacino. So I go, hey, yo, is this Al Pacino in there, man? He goes, yeah. He goes, what am I, chop live over here? I go, no, man, I love you too, I said. But I really need to meet this guy because I got something for Because I thought in my mind. Steve is real witty. He's the man, bro. He was great. so down he's, to earth. He's a great guy, man. Awesome guy. I smoked a cigarette with him. Great I'm guy. like, and then I'm like, yo, this guy ended up becoming like freaking one of my, he's, dude, he's one of my favorite actors. Bro. One of mine. Love him, bro. Yeah, so do I. Versatile. Funny. Serious. Believable. Authentic. Real. Yeah. Wow. Tell him I said hi. In any event, were you at that then? For Pace after 9-11? I was acting during 9-11, yeah. Was the crazy, wire man. started just that one, one year after that. You know what's crazy? Man? I was actually when nine eleven happened. I was actually getting dressed to go do a wardrobe fitting because I was doing an episode of Third Watch. Yeah, you've been on everything. So I remember that. I remember. I remember. You know, coming out of the shower, getting dressed, and putting on, and then a plane hit. Oh wow! Wow, that's crazy. You know, and then. Finishing getting ready, and then another plane hit, and that's when I, I said, "Well, I, I don't think I'll be going anywhere." Yeah, by and, that uh, point, you know something. Yeah, because then you glued to the TV. So, um, and then you know, I was there. Everything got hectic. Literally there. Yeah, but I was underneath the buildings. I didn't get to see the planes hit. I was on the E train, last stop World Trade Center. So I was going to pace. Pace is only like yeah, two blocks yeah. away. So wow, what a day for me. But you know what's crazy, man? With everything that happened, what a horrible wait, day. Wait, were you there when they any of down? those buildings fell yeah, down? Yeah, man. But I was on the Brooklyn Bridge. Thank God I was smart. Do you remember that gulf of smoke? Yes, but it didn't hit me, thank God. No. If I didn't leave when I left. You so would have been in the middle of that. Exactly. All yeah. my friends from college, because we're right there, right? So imagine you're an 18, 19-year-old. You're seeing that you're right there. You're going to want us to stay and watch it, right? Yeah. Me, I was already depressed. I already said, man, people are dead in this thing. And I thought missiles had hit it. I didn't, because I was down. Did you think they were going to come down? No one thought it was going to come down. No one around that area was saying, oh, they're going to fall down. We just saw fires. We're like, man, that's a crazy fire. But did How you know it was planes? Uh, I knew once I finally found the person Later on. that I was dating at that time, I finally realized she had seen the whole thing. She had seen. I'm saying you. When you were down there and no, you were I getting on know. that train, did you know what happened to those buildings? I'll tell you exactly what happened. Subway doors open. I'm underneath that area. Yeah. Okay? I hear screaming and yelling. As a young man, as a stupid man, right? Because when you're young, you know, sometimes human beings are funny. When we hear, like, oh, look, there's danger. Let's go look. You know, animals run away from danger. We're like, oh, there's a fire. Come on, let's go check it out, Billy. Boom, boom. So whatever, the doors of the subway open, and all I hear is screaming and shouting. I don't know what the I don't know what's going on. My first thought was there's some type of fight or riot. Maybe someone's fighting. You know, I didn't think, hey, these buildings are on you're fire. You're not seeing nothing. No, you're down. You're I don't know how many feet underground. At least 
I think you're five, five stories, right? At least in that area. So make the story short as we're going. I remember looking at one gentleman, uh, and I said, do you have any idea what's going on? And he goes, no. I said, I got to go up there. He's like, yeah, me too. So we, we go. Eventually get outside. As I'm getting to surface level, you know when you're in the subway and you're about to get up? I hear another, ah, ah, everyone's screaming again. So that, now I play back in my mind. That's when the second plane was hitting. So as I was coming above ground, and I get outside, and it's snowing. But it's like 90 degrees outside, sunny day. Yeah. I go, How the beautiful hell day, too. It's beautiful. I look, it's, I couldn't believe it. I don't know how long I stood there. Make the story short. I get to my school. Phones ain't working. I got to get out of there. I grab my friends that are smart. I said, let's get the hell out of here. I got a bad feeling about this one. We don't know what's going on. This could be World War III. We don't even know what's going on. Let's get out of here. Get over the Brooklyn Bridge halfway through. See all the firefighters rushing in. All the police are heading into danger while we're going away from danger. That's what everybody forgets. They have forgotten. They said never forget, right? It's never said forget, but they, people have forgotten. Um, they were running... Everybody was running one direction. They were running the other. I'll never forget as long as I live. I I, I know. I, I it's it's weird that we're talking about this because last year during this time I was shooting a movie, <clears throat> uh, the King of Staten Island, and and you know it had uh, that that even though it's not in the movie, and we never played the nine eleven angle, but it had to do with Pete Davidson and his father. His father was on that truck. Uh, do you remember that that picture in the paper of that fire truck going over the Brooklyn Bridge? Yeah, the the, the first the, the, those first yes. responders. That was his, his father was there. I forgot the engine company or the truck company. I can't I can't remember. But um, I got to talk to um, uh, a guy who was part of that that firehouse who was also working with Judd. On the script and the whole fireman storyline of the movie, his name is uh, John Sorrentino, <clears throat> fantastic guy. Which you should get him on your show. Hey, uh, if not, just to talk about that hey. because um, let me know. Yeah, yeah, you Please. should. He's a, he's an amazing guy, man. He's an amazing guy, and uh, and he was involved in this project, right? And, and I've always been intrigued with the whole nine eleven thing. Oh, like. Not did they come down? Were they blown down? Like, it, 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 it. can I be honest? Yeah, I got a problem with building number seven, man. I'm sorry, I just got a problem. You know, I stayed away from all that. I, I, I to, to me, it was more it's about not a good feeling. Yeah, to even think could this have been? But a lot of people starting to think that way, man. Well, you, you know, a lot of firemen died. Yeah. Okay. Do you know why? No. Oh, okay. I know they went in. One, one. There are many reasons. A lot people like Steve Buscemi, who were he used to freaking be a fireman. But, yeah, but here's the thing: they were no it's like Steve Buscemi could have been in at Patmark, right? And he hears about this, and he starts making like I'm not saying that this is what happened, but he wasn't anywhere near it. Drops everything, goes. Just drops anything. Sees a fireman, says, "Hey, man, can I can I, can I catch a ride with you?" A lot of them did that, which Shemi did that. I saw it with my own eyes. But he did that. He no. hopped. He hopped in the car with a fireman. They went to a firehouse and he borrowed somebody else's suit. And they and and, and, and he, he actually went down. Was that yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah. Steve Shemi yeah, went yeah, down yeah, to yeah, the World he, Trade he was, Center. He was 
a really big part of that. And, um, and he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't. No, he did he, what no, he felt he, he had but to he do. Didn't, he didn't, that's not you know. It's that's not why he did it. Um, when that when the, when when the planes hit in the firehouse, that's the switch over. That eight o'clock, nine o'clock period is when is when uh, one shift leaves, another shift comes in. Okay, so, so now what? the shift that was leaving. Obviously, there's a there's a big situation happen at the World Trade. They don't go home, so they take the ride along with the with 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 the with the shift that's that that's supposed to. Everyone's be just jumping on so that truck. So now you got double. Everyone's jumping that's on the truck. A lot of these firehouses lost a lot. 12, 13, 14 firemen each because they would like whole houses were going. It's, and that's the stuff that I was, yeah, I was always picking John's brain about. I was like, tell you know, this, this, and and he was willing, and and um, and then what I'm more interested in about now is all the effects, because whether the whether whether they were blown, when the, whether they came down or they were knocked down, it doesn't change the situation for many of these people. No, it doesn't. You understand? To this day, I'm worried. Am I gonna die because of? Because I went back to school after everything fell. Like two weeks later, we we went back, and I remember smelling that smell. I'll never forget yeah, as yeah. long as I live. And I'm only three blocks away, brother. Right. So everyone that was like on the pile got hit by the dust. A lot of these people are already sick and died. I think the lady. Remember, remember the the picture of that lady. Who was covered all in white? I think it was uh, like Time Magazine yeah. or something like that, or, or one of the big papers. She just recently died. So what I'm scared about is, okay, yeah, Beck, you weren't on the pile. Yeah, you didn't get hit by the cloud, but you were close enough, and you breathed in those fumes for months. Number two, the FDA told us. Was it no? Sorry, EPA, Miss Whitman, if you're out there, God bless you, that the air was safe after that. It wasn't. I let a walk out of my college. I was in the Pace newspaper. I had led the whole college out. I said, you guys are not, you're not, the air is not safe down here. I know it's not. And sure enough, it's come out that the air was not safe during 9-11 for any of the residents. Now there's the big lawsuit. There's funds. For anyone that was even living in the area or worked in the area after 9-11, all eligible for treatment and money and all kinds of stuff. I haven't filed anything. I'm like, so far I'm good, thank God. But it makes me nervous tonight, man. But Getting back to the firefighters, one thing I do want to say is, like like I said, man, I was on that bridge with thousands of New Yorkers. I remember. I remember the The images. roads were closed. Yeah. The roads were only letting them come, both, if my memory serving me correctly, okay? It's crazy how it's almost 20 years. Both of the, the fire trucks are going in on police. Both, both lane, you know, both sides of the Brooklyn Bridge are pointing towards Manhattan. There's no one going the other way. They're both going into... Manhattan. Yeah. And we're walking over this bridge. So was the West, Hi West Side Highway, right? Same I don't know because right? I wasn't there. But yeah. And then what happens. Images of that too. I feel yeah. the earth rumble. Yeah. And then the first one comes down. And there wasn't a dry eye. I called that the bridge of tears is what I call it in my memory. Because the whole bridge started crying. I was crying. One of my boys, a tough guy, once he saw me crying, he started crying. But this woman drops in front of me. I'll never forget it. She was an, of Indian descent, you know, India from Asia, not Native American. And she drops down, and she's like, my husband's in there. My husband's in there. I said, get up. I said, you don't know that. 
Don't lose hope. Get up. People were getting scared to stampede because we're hearing airplanes, man. The, we don't know what the real story. We don't know if we're being attacked. We don't know. So we're like, damn, we're on this bridge. We're sitting ducks. They're going to hit. People are getting scared. They're going to hit the bridge. They're going to. Yeah, because. We thought that, it was World War Three, brother. Well, because also at that particular time, they were, they were also talking about like uh, other like seven other planes. You remember? Exactly. We thought it was World War Three. Went 3. from eight to seven to six. Then there was one in Pennsylvania, one going to the Pentagon. <clears throat> you know where I ended up that day? Howard Beach. I stayed at the Cross Bay Boulevard Howard Motel. Beach. I walked into Brooklyn. You couldn't get to Jersey? Remember they shut down all the roads, the tunnels, the highways? I had a lot of money on me because it was time for school. So it was, like was, it time, it was to buy college books, which yeah. I always told my dad, yeah, I'm buying books, but I did my thing, man. So, yeah, I had a lot of money on me. Love you, dad. And uh, I was good. So I paid cash for the room, chilling. About maybe, I think it was four or five days later, I finally made it back to Jersey. My family didn't know if I was okay till later that day, man. Yeah, the phones were down. Dude, they were yeah. so scared that something happened to me because they know I'm a crazy son of. They, they think maybe I would have ran into the building, help people. They were literally legit thought like they were until they heard they were so scared that something happened to me. But we kind of went off on a tangent there. But yeah, I just wish people would remember these things. And New Yorkers, man, this is the first. I'm what I was trying to say with this whole 9/11 thing is this is the first time in my life that I'm starting to lose hope for New York City. And what I mean by that is I'm feeling something I've never felt before. You know, after 9-11, I felt a resilience. You know, we're New Yorkers. Yeah, we like don't give rebirth, up. Right? Yeah, yeah, we don't give up. There was like this love, man. There was like this energy, right? You think with this virus, which we should have considered like an enemy. Well, we had that going. But how fast it went the other we way. We had it going with the with the COVID New York strong and, and everything like that because we, we seem to be the only ones we're getting sick at that particular time, right? Back in March and April. And, uh, I mean, you had Louisiana, you had the, a, lot of, a lot of other places, but, I mean, New York was getting hit really, really bad. I mean, 700 people were dying, like, every day. I lost a few people. I know. So have I. I do feel that some of the conditions and the circumstances are a little weird. I won't get into all of that. But what I'm trying to say is, and the only part I want to hit on is I feel that there's a really just, you know, and everything that happened after Floyd, and I understand why people got upset, but I just feel like there's such a, there's such a volatile time in American history right now. I've never felt what I'm feeling. I, I'm sure you feel the same way. There's like this, what happened to us New Yorkers? Like, we, 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 we don't care where you're it's from. It's our we taste care. of the 60s. This is what It Arthur, seems like it. I mean, obviously, there's a whole different agenda. Um, but it, the, just the differences of opinion. Um, Arthur, Arthur. Every, everyone uneasy. It's it just feels feels like everyone's walking on eggshells. You know, Arthur Nascarella. You know him well. Yeah, and you guys are both Love on Arthur. both on billions. Yeah, which by the way, I mean, is it not an amazing show that you're not on, bro? I love that show. There's a lot of good shows out there. I know, but bro, you, listen. I'm gonna, I, I ask, call my wife, call my son. I'll give you the number after the show. Say how much TV does Beck Lover watch? Bro, maybe tops. Like I'm not even playing with you. Maybe two hours a week. Maybe. There's only certain things that I watch when it comes to television. Shows like that you've been. Well, you on, know what you like. Yeah, they're amazing, man. Maybe I'm typecasted is what I like. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you guys are on a phenomenal show. I love that show for one reason. 
I feel like it really gives an authentic look into what it would be like to be a Wall Street tycoon mm. and how money can start corrupting you, plaguing your soul. You know what I mean? Power. And how you make moves. It's not about, see, see, this is what people don't understand. It's not about the money. They have money. So now that they got their money, they want the power. And that's where they start seeing. I think this show does a phenomenal job of showing that authentically. Mm-hmm. And how government, and so, okay, like I could be a, I can be a, an attorney for the state and I'm a billionaire and we go to war. And really, we're not fighting for what's right. Because if you look at the show, the, uh, I always get his name wrong. What an amazing actor he is, too. It shows you that these people are like basically using their powers, whether it's for the state or the city or the billionaire, to go to war with each other for, for their own reasons and their own egos. Are you talking about the Paul Giamatti character? Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal actor, man. Yeah. See, now that's a little harder to say. Amazing actor. Paul? So, Paul? Yeah. Paul Paul is unbelievable. He's ridiculous. And I mean that in a good way. He's just, wow, this guy, any character he plays, he's made me cry. He does that that little thing he does with his eye and the little tear. He he gets me, the guy. He gets me. Mm -hmm. So they say that that show is loosely based. You ever see a movie he did called uh, American Splendor? No. You should. I don't watch a lot of TV. Sorry. I'm telling you what to watch. All right, we're going to add him to the thing. So you mentioned you make a lot of friends in the movies, man. Who would you consider some of your good friends? Is that can I ask you that? There's a reason I'm asking for my own self. You know why? Right. I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I really. I, uh, All right, you don't have to say. I want to like name right. drop. You're telling me I, I, I have a few people that a lot of people know. Yeah. Now getting back to the Irishman, man. You're doing the scene with Pesci, man. Guys, are first day of work. The guy hasn't come. The guy hasn't. This scene. This scene was my first day at work. What was that like? Um, it took me. <clears throat> it took me um, like ten minutes to uh, put everything to the side. After you're in costume. Yeah. Well, this particular scene, everybody worked in this scene because this. Um, this is the scene where they're giving uh, Frank Sheeran the uh, the Man of the Year award, and Hoffer's presenting the award to him. So you have Hoffer playing, you have De Niro playing, obviously me and Pesci, but at my table you have Ray Romano, Stephen Graham, Catherine uh, Narducci. Ray did a great job. Three people too, on my table that are, are actual friends of mine. Not only are they colleagues, but they're actual friends. Then, you know, you have Bobby Cannavale, a table over. You got I got uh, Plemons behind me. I got, you know, uh, Harvey Keitel, a couple tables over. Everybody played in this scene, and everybody was there because there's a lot of floating cameras. Phenomenal cast, man. I mean, there's no denying it. Yeah. Amazing cast. And so my first day, really didn't get to talk to Joe. I be perfectly honest, I really didn't get to talk to Marty that much either, you know? I came to work that day at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Went you talking about Marty Scorsese, right? Marty Scorsese. Went straight into hair and makeup, and then um, it's about 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock. They uh, call a blocking. Blocking is when all the actors come, and they, you know, we basically walk, walk, 
through the scene and where we're going to be, where the camera's going to be, you know, what works for camera, what doesn't work, what Marty wants, what the... Basically, it's like a little prep session, right? And 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 then when you're done with it, that's what you're going to be doing. You got that. You know where your marks are going to be. You know where everything's going to be. Uh, it's not so much for tone; it's more for camera. So you're doing that, and then I just had to. I'm not working with one of the guys that I. I for me, it's always been Joe Pesci. Always. So you're working with someone. People, that always. The, I love De Niro. I love Pacino, but there was always something about Joe. Sonny, as they call him, no, Al Pacino. Isn't that yeah. his nickname? Uh, I don't know. That's what I heard. Um, I met him. I had the honor yeah. of meeting him. Great guy. Uh, great to be to. on set with. A um, lot of energy. Um, was it the first time you met Pesci? First time I met Pesci. Obviously, I worked with De Niro before that, twice. And uh, first time working with Marty, although Marty produced Boardwalk Empire, and you also produced a small independent film that I did called The Wannabe. So I, I, I kind of been affiliated with him, but never worked with him like this. And uh, Al, I never worked with before. And but Pesci's always been my guy. You know what it means to say, let's say the world ends right now. All hell breaks loose. Civil War, Armageddon, whatever you want to call it. To say that at least before this world went down and my life's over, I worked with the best of the best, bro. Do you know why? Because you're one of them, bro. Oh, well, I have a feeling we're going to see some amazing things from you in the future. I appreciate that. And I'm that. calling it here on the show, man. I appreciate that. Because I, I think whatever role you're in, you add that, that authenticity to the role, man. I'm telling you, but I'm not just saying this because, ah, oh, you're cool and you know my family. I've always been a big fan of your work. To me, it's not how big or how small the part, it's how you play the part, man. I've, I've been, I got to tell you, man, uh, even early on in my career, I, I've been fortunate enough to work with some of my, uh, some of my icons, like Sidney Lumet, De Niro, Marty, um, Actors, uh, you know, and I, 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 I've been, I've, I've been fortunate when it comes, when it comes to that. You've been in a lot of mafia roles, a lot of gangster roles, a lot of uh, police yeah, roles. More cops. Not You've been a lot of cops. Mobster. Well, like you know, crime. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking about crime. like films. Yeah. And, well, and because shows. I play, you know, um, I kind of got um, put in the corner of always playing like the heavy. What do you think they would cast me for? If I ever auditioned for anything. Would you could I play a, like a bank clerk. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Arthur. and deli owner? Arthur said that? that. Arthur, yeah, I forgot what Arthur said about me. Something, same, same thing. Like, I like, Arthur, I'd be a good, like, mafia. Like, he's like, not kid. He goes, you'd be a good cop. He goes, I go, what do you mean good cop? He, he always says kid. That's what he always called me to, kid. And he right. does, and he and he does, and he does Out it. Out of uh, love, and yeah, I and love. He's him. seventy-five years old, man. I did a workshop. I hope Arthur, you know. Well, I um, want to get you two together. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to see him again. Um, I'm probably missing a project too that I work with him on. Uh, but I remember him because we we uh, Rebecca Miller, who, who uh, Arthur Miller's daughter, uh, daughter uh, was doing a workshop 
God, this is so long ago. This had to be in the nineties, uh, mid nineties, with Bruce and we, yeah, Kivo. We you know were, that guy, huh? Bruce Kivo. I think that's his name. No, I think he was like an agent or something, a manager for 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 actors in New York. I think if I'm saying it right, I'm not sure. It's, it's a good friend of Arthur's, and I'm going to be meeting him soon. Yeah, you but Arthur know. Arthur has always been uh, always a class act, man. Always a class act. He's a act. tough. Son of a gun. He is. Well, the guy was well, in look, Vietnam. Look, look, the guy was about a, when he was a cop. He was a he, was, I don't know if you he saw. Start? 67, 68. He was in the middle of all this 63? shit. 63. He starts work. The whole entire precinct goes down with Serpico. Wait, wait. When did he come back? When did he, he, when did he get back from Nam? <sighs> Arthur's going to kill me. It's he on my show. I know man. he was in Nam. Yeah, he doesn't talk too much about it. I, know, I can understand but when why. did he get back? So then he, I, I think he started, um, I think 70s. he started in the, in the police 70s. Uh, he started like late. No, because 68. he mentioned that 68. story. He, he said 68. That story 68. 68, 69, yeah, something like that. 21 years, second grade detective. Mm -hmm. He saw the riots. He saw all this shit. So, so this is the only glimmer of hope that I have. Actually, it came from Arthur. He said, kid, I've seen New York worse. I go, for real? He goes, worse. Yeah. I said, but did you ever see it empty? <laughs> you never saw it empty. <clears throat> you might have seen the fights and the killing and all that crap. Bullets flying at him. You know what you should watch? You should watch the documentary uh, on CNN uh, where they kind of break up the decades. And it was a, it was a real eye-opener for I've me. I've watched it. You watched it? Excellent. Do you realize how much violence there was in the 60s and 70s? Yes. And I've heard the stories. A lot. And I talked to you about something I wanted to work on, but you said, you know, kid, you, you don't got the right idea there. You kind of you shattered my dreams. <laughs> That's the thing. Don't let, don't let anybody step on your dreams. You got a dream, you protect it. You don't let anybody tell you there's something you can't do. That's my Will Smith impression. He's not, you know why I'm not an actor. Will Smith. Pursuit That's of happiness. What? Concussion? Pursuit what? of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. Great and movie. That movie, I'm not going to lie, three, Great four movie. times, cried, boogies. What's crazy is my tenant, Sicilian woman, one of the most amazing women in the world. What was the other movie that? What was it? Seven her pounds? son, seven pounds. Yeah, her son worked for the guy that the movie was based on. Right. My six degrees of separation are ridiculous, bro. Through you now, I know Marty Scorsese. I'm like, I'm like connected now, bro. This is the six degrees by Kevin Bacon, bro. It's real, man. My six degrees are retarded. You're one person away now from Takashi Six Nine. How you feel about that? I know his new manager, the one that took him after he did what he did. Yeah, but, 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 uh, you know what? I'm not even informed on that. There's not much to be informed. The guy was an informant, so I mean, okay, but well then I don't need to know anything. But uh, the guy that manages him now, and you know who you are. I'll see you soon. We're gonna have a little talk, me and you. It's a guy I used to know. But uh, it's funny when people kind of don't make sound it. too good. It's, it's not. It's not the best thing. In any event, brother, I could sit here and we could talk for hours about everything you've done, the shows you've been on. I mean. One scene I do want to talk about. Yeah. Not to get into. I love Entourage, man. Yeah. I really wish they would have kept going with it. My friends, still my friends today. Yeah. Adrian. Yeah. Talk to him. I talk to Jerry a lot. Jerry's a really good friend of mine. I remember meeting him at the Brigada. I think it was the first season it had just come mm -hmm. out. I think a lot of the cast was there. I think it was the Brigada grand opening. Actually, I think I met Adrian. It was at a club, but um. Man, your character in that those couple episodes, you were great, man. But you literally walked out butt naked. Yeah. 
Is that really your butt? Well, what ha- yeah. Or is that CGI type shit? <clears throat> no, that's me, unfortunately. This is the first time you ever um, did a nude scene. There's a whole story to this. And was it uncomfortable? Okay. Okay. I'll break it down to you. So, um, during that time when we shot, when they were shooting that season, I was in Miami shooting Miami Vice that went over three weeks, four weeks over. You're talking about the film? The film. With Colin. Um, With Colin and and Jamie. And Jamie. Great movie. Michael Mann. Yeah. Michael Mann's a legend. But when that movie went over, The Wire had started season four. So I was going back and forth to Miami and and Baltimore like every day for like two or three weeks. Then Doug, uh, Doug Allen and uh, Steven, Steven Levinson, um, who were the, uh, the creators of the show and, uh, and producers and writer, um, wrote that character for me. And I knew, I knew these guys because I, 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 was, I, was, I had a little part of what that show was about because I'm, 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 I'm good friends with, with uh, Mark. And I remember when they were developing this show. And at that particular time, it was a different show. And then they, these characters, they wind up becoming more like what Doug Ellen's friends would be. So I, I was there for all that stuff. And... So eventually, they said, you know, we'll, def- we'll bring you back, and it's great, and they were all great guys. I st- still talk to Doug, Steve. Phenomenal show, man. Great guys. And um, and like, what well, can you come and do? And I'm like, well, if you, if you could work it out between, you know, David, David Simon already gave, and Nina Noble already gave me permission to do Miami Vice, which went over. So I didn't know how it was going to go. But whatever was done was done, and I was able to fly out. I didn't look at the script. I'll be honest with you. I didn't read the script. Yo, you killed that role right there. Bro. I didn't read you the script, You came off like though. a nasty, arrogant. Right. So I, I You didn't, killed I didn't drama read. on it, man. Yeah. You killed drama. Everyone loved drama, man. I um, You abused them. You didn't let them cook breakfast, man. What's I abused all of them. And, um, you guys were having fun offset too. Yeah, joking yeah. around. Right. Yeah. Like, were you friends before the show? Were you friends before the show? I knew. Yeah, I knew Kevin Con. I knew all of them. So you guys had a good time. The only person I didn't know um, was I didn't know Adrian that well, and I didn't know Kevin Dillon that well. But we we knew each other. But I knew at that particular time Jerry. Um, I didn't. The only I knew Kevin Connolly more than probably anybody else at that particular time. Make a long story short, um, I don't read the script. I I get to the hotel. I'm exhausted. I open up the script. And I, I'm like, "Fuck!" Just like that. I said, "Wow, what what is this?" You know, I I I felt that the character um, he basically like a bull in a china shop. And then the naked part, and I, you know, I, I was. Did you even know you had to do a naked scene? Yeah, I mean, did you, you have? Know, did you it's know? Not like not? I got myself ready to do something like that, you did know? You to, did it's you have like to pick uh, your ass? Or I mean, what did you do? Yeah, there, it's huh? like I, I just wasn't 
ready to do something like that. I wasn't prepared, you know. Do they prepare? I mean, do they whack? I mean, I can't even remember. Do they whack? I mean, what? Yeah. Just go out and that's uh-huh. it. Yeah, just go out. You ad lib the whole thing? No, no, everything was scripted, and uh, I remember talking to uh, Doug Allen, and he's he basically said, "Look, I, I, I just need." this character to come in and turn their world upside down because everything is going so well for them. So basically to show the authenticity of who these guys were from Queens, from Queens. Exactly. And, and the character didn't really get received that well. You killed it, bro. I, you did, Whether I killed it or not. I mean, created, people you, did not like him. You, but that was I didn't whole, like him on the page, but that was the whole point. Yeah. You brought that to life, bro. Yeah. I didn't, I, you know, but, That's yeah. the point. Anything you're working on that you can tell? I mean, right now nobody's working, but is there anything that I was, you're I was shooting before COVID and before production went down? I was um, shooting billions. I, I got one episode in. They only got we, up to seven, right? Yeah, and they, I think they finished. They 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 were wrapping up episode eight, which I wasn't in. Seven and episode eight, I'm not in. And then my character. C- kind of comes back in episode nine but we we didn't get a chance to even do a table read on that before they shut everything down so um you only get introduced to my character in episode six and then you don't see him in seven so you know everything with the business right now is uh standstill don't know what's going on i guess and by the way if nothing new comes out great you know go back and watch these series all the ones this guy's on they're phenomenal if you're bored home right now entourage the wire Boardwalk Empire, Ray Donovan. Uh, what's the other? Man, there's so many I can't even name them. Yeah, there's been a few. Miss um, Fletcher last year, which I thought was a. a, a, a you also Tom Parada wrote that, and I think Tom Parada is kind of like uh, modern day, like Steinbeck. You know, it's like uh, just just a wonderful writer. You know, I did. I worked, worked on some really good projects last year. The Deuce. What advice uh, working you got? with David Simon again? That that was uh, George Pelicanos again. Larry Gilliard. I mean, I mean, it was it was good. It, it felt really uh, fulfilling to work on some of these shows. What advice you got to anybody? That's we all know how hard it is, but what advice you have to somebody? Patience that's, and persistence that wants to maybe break into the game. Uh, sac- yeah, I mean, you know, you got to know what you want. You got to be able to sacrifice a lot of stuff. You can't, you know, you can't do it because hey, I want to make a lot of money. Because I got to be honest, there's not a lot of money in it in the beginning. And even when you start working, there's not a lot of money in it. You know, uh, you got to do it because you want to do it. It has to affect you a certain way, you know, um, just like. I know guys who are bricklayers. Who it's fulfilling to them because it's like part of the. It's like them doing their artistry. You know, they their challenge is every job. You know, I do a chimney this way. I do a fireplace this way. I do a mosaic. I do this. You know, so it's what what it does to you, and you have to be able to do the work. You have to be able to drop things. You have to be able to sacrifice your time with family sacrifice making a lot of money you know um you can easily go get that job that gives you six figures right i had it i walked from it right i wasn't happy you weren't happy and i know a lot of people in hollywood who have law degrees 
who were in the stock market, who all walked away from all that stuff because they either wanted to be actors or writers because they needed that fulfillment someplace else. And that's that's what it is. It's not a quick fix. It takes it takes a long time. It takes well, a long time. Highlights of my life was starting the show. Yeah. I love it. By the way, I forgot to mention also I was voted most likely to have his own talk show in high school. When we reach one million views, by the way, we just broke three hundred thousand. So you're here, we're celebrating that today. Three hundred thousand. Listen, we only started in freaking January, man. During the worst times ever. I'm just a little Beck lover, man. Nobody knows me. With three hundred thousand people, though. Three hundred thousand views, subscriptions were way ahead of the curve for people that start these types of programs. And I owe it to people like you, man. And I want to thank you, man coming here because it's not just about like you're in movies and shows but i bring people on that inspire and i think what you just shared with the people that listen to this program is important and it's confirming also why i did what i did a year and a half ago i was making well over three hundred thousand dollars i won't say the exact amount i was over that i had a very lucrative career i was a, a sales manager i managed over 40 people and i sold millions and millions and millions of dollars of product and if you look at my Instagram, all those trips, that's how I paid for them. I went anywhere I wanted. I did whatever I wanted. But I was going to the hospital in an ambulance every two, three weeks. I thought I was dying. Heart attack. That's what it felt like. The job was killing me. Literally, my doctor said, I was doing MRIs, CAT scans. What do you mean there's nothing? They go, my friend. Your- panic, panic attacks? It was like anxiety, panic, stress. Literally felt like I was dying. You said panic. Huh? Who said panic? You said it first. You didn't even get it. <laughs> I tried to get him on the same. He didn't even get it. It ripped me. I don't know. I'm too dumb sometimes for some of these jokes. You know, I walked away from that job. I've never been you happy. You know what man. movie that is? Panic attacks. Come oh, on. Oh, that's from Sopranos, man. Nope. No? Well, he had panic attacks. Gangster movie. Eh. Not really. Give me more of the dialogue. Who said panic? Did you hear me say panic? Did I say panic? Damn, I know I've heard this before. Shit. Uh, analyze that. Well, what you should do is you should put this, put this, right. And I think it's it analyze that? this. Analyze yeah. this. You know how yeah. I know that? My cousin's James Bibberry. Cousin-ish. Our cousins are married. Just cuz. Do you know him? Do you know Jimmy? No. You want to talk about, like you said, a guy that never gave up, busted his ass. He can. It's a, works all kinds of jobs. Yeah. Got his big I, break with. There was with, a lot of jobs that I did where, you know, I had to. Got his big break. Had to leave. With Analyze That. He played one of the roles there. And then. Was that, the se- that was the second one, right? Yeah. And then what was really nice was when he got. The lead bad guy, he happened to play an Albanian mafia. Oh, yeah. With Colin Farrell. Yep. Dead man down. Yep. Now, I could tell if we were hanging out, we'd have a good time. So I want to, I want to, I want you to see if you can make a dream for me come true. Yep. And I'm going to put this out there. I love those guys from that show. I love that fucking show. It's one of the few shows I've watched in my life. And I would watch again. And there's not a damn episode that you can't watch of that show. And start at any moment in that show and not enjoy it. Entourage, for me. Mm-hmm. If New York 
And God willing, I'm going to be positive and say when New York gets back to normal, not the new normal, normal, the way it was. My family owns some of the best restaurants in Manhattan. My best friend's opening one of the best rooftops in the city. It was supposed to open now, but because of the pandemic, there's no reason to open right now and pay $50,000 a month rent, right? Mm-hmm. You, can't even, you can't even put capacity in there. How are you going to make your money? So they've delayed the opening. I want to round up the entourage. You set it up a boys weekend. My friends own some of the biggest chains in the city hotel-wise. I'm sure they got places to stay, but if not, I'll set it all up, bro. All right. I want, to, I want you guys to have an entourage reunion. We're not going to call it that, but we're going to be like the real-life entourage, bro. We're going to have dinner. We're going to have the be best. Honest, that would be really difficult. But if we can make it happen, it'd be amazing. You never know. Never know. You say, guys, I miss you. Life's short. The virus, you know, life's Hopefully, short. Hopefully, yeah, they see this. and uh, let's, uh, let's, do a boys, let's do a boys weekend, you know. Let's have a little fun, man. Or we'll fly to them. Let's do it. This guy's like, yeah, he's out of his mind. So the odds are against me. But if it happens, folks, you saw we called it here on the show. Tom, uh, anything else? I mean, so you give up, you sacrifice. Any? What was any secret? I mean, there is no secret. It's hard work. But is there any, it's just something that gives maybe that person out there that's listening to this a hope, a little hope to, to pursue a career in the arts? Or words of wisdom or something that inspires you when times were rough you said you this one phrase would come into your mind or this expression of why you kept pursuing what you did is there anything like a nugget you can give us a little nugget um it's just uh i just had that work ethic you know i just, i come from you know immigrant family uh, my parents came in 1969 i always saw my father work saw my mother work where'd they come from italy what part? Um, Molise. You ever been? Yeah. Do you speak? Yeah, my mother's entire family still lives Do you there. speak it? Yeah. And... Um, Parli italiano? Si. Un poco. I've been there, but I love it. Right. Um, but um, I just... I knew that that's what I wanted to do, and, and that's what I was going to put all my energy into. I, I mean, I would do jobs where I would be able to walk away from them. Um... I I, ne- I didn't want to get derailed by anything else. Can you tell us some of the jobs you've done so they can understand what oh, you've been? Waiters. Cars. I was a waiter. I wasn't even a waiter. I wasn't even good enough to be a waiter, to be honest, because I I hated being around people. Um, you've done it all. Odd jobs. Laying blacktop, uh, mixing concrete, working for my uncle's construction company, and just, just everything. anything where I would say, you know what, I got, I got an audition at one o'clock. I got to go. And they were cool with it. Whether they were cooler with it or not, I went. You were willing to walk if you had to. Yeah. All right. And I guess I want to wrap it up with this. Because I think we're going to see you again, I hope. Yeah. Um, I always like to inspire people. Mm. And that's why it's called the comeback team. Because we've all been through hard times in our life. I don't know if there's anything you feel comfortable talking about. It's up to you. Is there anything that you've been through that was extremely difficult? Whether it was a loss of a loved one or whatever. It is, something, a moment in your life where things were just dark man you were just like shit life was looking glib as they say do you remember what that was and what did you how did you get back up man what did you tell yourself what i'll let you, you know when it happens because i'm kind of going through it right now so i'll let you know all right so i want to thank you for uh coming out here i hope to see you soon yeah 
we'd love to have you. Uh, it's great being here, man. And um, I really like your show. Uh, I like the whole premise behind it. Um, Did you find it randomly? You like got great energy. I, I, I'm hoping that this blows up to be something really big for yourself. You know, I really appreciate that, yeah. man. It's words like that and comments from some of the viewers. Even though, listen, I, I messed up a lot in the beginning, Dom. I'm not going to lie. Everybody does. I cut people off sometimes. I have a little ADD if you haven't noticed. I'm hyper. I'm excited when you talk. Sometimes I interrupt because my mind's racing. And I don't want to lose what I'm seeing, the questions, where they're going. I want to keep trying to paint this. It's what I do, but I need to control it more. I'm not perfect. I'm in development. I'm reading books. I'm studying. Yeah, I'm not going to do what Gene did. I'm not going to come back and do another half hour just to no, edit just what that you was, did. No, no, that was, yeah, yeah, that was pretty crazy. But And then you cut him off again. When, John, when, when, Gene, guys, when you guys. Seg- when the segment is supposed to be about them finish <laughs> telling, telling their story from the original segment, you do it in the other segment. <laughs> But it's, it, you know what it is? It works. I got a it lot works. of. It uh, works. I got a lot of bad comments, man. If you look at the, and I don't blame them. I swear to God, when I watched, because I had to. At this point, I'm like, okay, everyone's well, saying. you got to live with it because I, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I got from Entourage. Fucking hated you. Yeah, but they hate, but that was the, I would have been like, I guarantee you. you, you go on Doug Ellen's uh, Instagram. I hope Doug is listening to this. Um, oh, we're going to uh, tag him. Tag him. Tag him on. We're going to tag him tag like him a wall there. in the Bronx, baby. You go on his Instagram, and if he mentions me, <laughs> or he mentions uh, an episode of Dom or something like that, I can guarantee it. Go through the thread. Go through the comments. <laughs> 85% of the comments would be, what the fuck was he doing on the show? Fucking hate him. Bob, but that guy. was the point. You right, did it you so well. Understand. You have to understand. Sometimes people can't, don't realize fantasy that and reality. Make believe in that box that they're watching. Oh no! You know how I know that? Just go outside, man. Right. Yeah. We're not going to get into that but, either. You know, we're not going to get into the master. But you know, <laughs> there's a flip side to that because those are true fans of the show, and these guys work so well together that. People loved them and did not want to see anything happen to them. They didn't want to see that be dis- disruptive. So um, I, I get that. They didn't want your it. ass on the show, literally, and physically. They didn't like anything. <laughs> so, but I play a lot of those characters. You know, the same thing with the her character and yes, the wire. I, I, I just, I got this feeling, bro. I'm calling it here on the show, man. God knows the future. God knows everything. I don't know nothing, but. I got this feeling, man, we're going to see something from you in the future that's just going to blow everyone away, bro. I know it's coming, bro. You know why? Because you put the damn work in, bro. You got the talent. I'll keep walking the path, man. And that's I know it's coming, bro. Dude, you're phenomenal. And besides, all these guys, they're that. not going to live forever. I appreciate it. I'm hoping, you know, one day, and I love Al Pacino, but one day he will go to the other side, and I do have a... I look like in uh, Carlito's way. I look like Al Pacino on crack. From nah, the Bronx. crack. From the Bronx. Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Sound horrible, right? You got that voice, man. Let me tell you something. A lot of people like from other countries, I love that New York accent. I mean, I don't yeah. think I have an authentic New York, New Jersey accent. I think you can hear it. But I hear more from people, where are you from? 
Like meaning Are you from America Like they don't think I'm even Like English was my first language My mom If you heard her She sounds perfect My mom works for the biggest Publishing company in the world Okay She does account She sends Stephen King his check Literally Wow She speak, uh, She grew up in the Bronx My mother She grew up on Jerome Avenue Kingsbridge uh, Jerome, Yeah Okay right next to Monroe I know where it is Gyro King man Yeah Play baseball there It's the best gyro in the world yeah. bro Is it not? Tell me you eat gyros, man. Gyros. Yeah, you know what you could play? You could play like uh, Hitman. They did like a period piece, like a KGB Russian. (laughs) I think I could play like Brad Pitt, like two bitches, two beautiful women making out same time. Hey, it's good to have these dreams, man. No, I'm saying that's the role I should be cast for. Fat, rich guy. I would do it in a heartbeat. I always said, if you Beck, if you ever made it as an actor, which I'm not, but like if I ever had, like first of all, they would never cast me for like a love scene. I got more stretch marks. I look like I've been stabbed by a gang 150 times and survived. That's how I'm gonna take my shirt off at the beach. I don't know how my wife she's not embarrassed to go to the beach with me, man. It looks like I got jumped. How how big were you? It wasn't. I've always had them, but when I got big, they be, I had them because I shot up fast stretch marks. Right. But as I got fat, they expanded and they became like purple. When you say you got, were you in I'm shape big? Three hundred pounds right now, bro. Three twenty. Yeah, I should be two thirty. Well, you have so much time to like walk around the block like a thousand times. I'm thinking about keeping the reserves on just in case there's shortages. Nah, nah. You need, you gotta get out there. You gotta, you know, you gotta do something for yourself. I take off my you shirt. You got the time right now. Ah, what did we do yesterday? We walked for an hour and a half. I started, man. I'm on no carbs right now. <laughs> I have no carbs. Okay. I started, man. Good. That's why you don't see me. This would have been gone already. Good. Yeah, those should not even be. But I'm telling you, around. I take my shirt off. I look like I got stabbed by like Lion Kings and survived. That's what I look like. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not showing you guys. I know you want me to show you on camera. It's not happening. You don't want to come to the paparazzi one day. They'll do it for you. Don't worry. TMZ. Hang around with this guy enough. You eat meat or no? You a steak guy? Yeah. Can we give a shout out to Ben and Jack Steakhouse and Benjamin Steakhouse, man? Absolutely. You go up to the one up in Westchester? Uh, I've been there. Yeah. Phenomenal. You want to talk about a story of success? That one, Z Prime. Phenomenal. Yeah. Z Prime, too. Excellent. Z Prime. Yeah. I haven't been there Zeph. yet, though. Shout out to my boy Zeph. Let's go. Yep. Let's set it up one night. Doug Pace. Doug, Dougie. Shout out to Doug, Big Kenny, Beck L. Beautiful. You Those are good are. people right there. I know them for a long time. And uh, were you friends with Eric? Niece Call them too? friends. Were you friends with Eric Nees? Who? Did you ever meet Eric through Beck? No. Great guy, man. Yeah. First reality television uh, star ever. He was back, on the grind. Back um, yeah. Oh, all those guys. I always when I Dougie, s- Mike, when I s- Lodges for a long time. Put them great people, beautiful family. I when beautiful I uh, when I uh, when I'm around Beck, I, you know, I call him Senior because we got the same name, and I'm yeah. Junior. Similar, but I mean, I'm a door opener, but that guy's like a door opener. He's a can opener. Like, he knows everybody, man. It's amazing how many yeah. people that guy met. He's like, oh, I, I got to let you go. I'm, I'm, I got to FaceTime Alec Baldwin. I'm like, thanks, bro. Yeah, thanks, Billy guys. Baldwin. Billy, Billy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I can't keep track how many famous friends he has, man. Yeah. I always said, I mean, I wish, I told him, I said, please, I said, come do the show with me. We'll call it Beck and Beck. We'll take over the world, bro. B&B. Were your connections? Beck and Beck. But that's the kind of guy, man. He don't care to be in the public eye. He lives his life. He's happy with it. And he minds his own business. And he don't give a shit. Yeah. Some 
You know, something about being content. Folks, I have someone I've always wanted to meet. Dominic Lombardozzi. Lombardozzi, yeah. Lombardozzi, really. Just test you to see if you're listening to me. The guy is even better than I thought he'd be in real life. He's a real one. He's done amazing work. Check out all of his work. Check out the shows he's been on. Type in the last name. Check him out on Entourage. It'll blow your mind. I think he played that role phenomenal. Let me know in the comments what you thought about how he performed. If you type in his name and last name and you go look at that scene, I promise you, you're going to understand what we were talking about. You're going to understand what I'm talking about. You did a phenomenal job. Comments. Phenomenal job. You know, I didn't even read the comments. You should. You want me to read a few? <laughs> no, not, not with me around. No, but I, hey, look, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to finally meet you. Um, and um, I'll, I'll come back anytime you want, man. But, um, but I'd like to what get you're you doing here is, is awesome. I'd like to get you and Arthur together. Let me know. Then when Arthur's available, if I'm available, I'll be here. We should go somewhere. You know, he's like right here. We should, we should, I should just call him downstairs to his lobby. I'll probably shoot you at the door. Nah, he'll laugh, man. He'll laugh. When he sees you, he'll die laughing. But if well, you do see. speak to him, give him my love. Definitely will. Yeah. With that said, folks, no matter All right. what you've been through in life, no matter how dark it gets, as long as you still have air in those lungs, you can always make a comeback. Thank God finally someone got that's how you know this is a professional actor. Every time I guess they come on the comeback team, they can never and I gotta remind them of what and they go on the comeback. He does it on the first cue. This guy's a one-take guy, man. Till the next time. We're here with Dominic. Follow him on Instagram. We'll put up your Instagram so they can follow you. And Twitter. Yeah. And your Twitter. We'll have it all up on the thing. And again, folks, remember you can always make a comeback. Keep watching, subscribe, share. It's through you that we survive. We love you. Thank you. Stay strong, America. Love it.